0: All right, everybody, welcome back to Here for the Truth. And this is another edition of our side chat series. This is more of a casual, shorter format where we really get to shoot the shit, as they say, here in Australia. Um, and today we have an amazing individual with us. We have Nash McKay in the house. Nash is someone who Eurasmus and I crossed paths with earlier in 2022 now. Someone who's definitely had an impact on us and influenced us and just an all-round great guy um, and someone I'm really honored to have here at the moment nash
1: welcome to the here for the truth side chat oh guys thank you so much i'm so grateful to be here with you I, I had the privilege of having you guys in my podcast and um i don't often get get the opportunity to go back and re-listen to podcasts that i do i'm sure you guys know the way it is you're just in creation creation but i went and yep. re-listened to the podcast we did recently and i was like yeah, I, I'm, I'm just so grateful to ha- have crossed paths with you guys because you guys are doing awesome stuff in the world and I'm very grateful for this opportunity. Thanks, man. And, and same here, dude.
2: Just love what you stand for, love who you are, love your pre- presence, love your positivity and the work that you're doing in the world. And and like Joel said, you know, you definitely had an impact on us as we continue to grow what we're doing. And um, like you said, it's so great to just connect with like-minded people that are, that want to inspire and uplift others. To to live their 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 best life, man. So I, I want to actually just get started here. And um, something we like to do often is we just want to dive into to you and who you are and what's what have been some of the major rites of passage that you've experienced
1: on your personal hero's journey. Hmm. Hmm. Oh man, great question. And as I'm sure you can imagine, the same with you guys. There's been a few, uh, yeah. but the kind of the, the significant one that stands out in my mind that was really just a I guess, an eye-opening experience that is tattooed on on my mind that actually I almost relive every single day to some degree was the experience I I got. I was privileged to have at 17 years old, at uh, 16 and 11 months, just the legal age, I joined the the military and I trained as a combat medic. And part of that experience was, well, I I trained as a soldier and I specialised as a combat medic. And I never went to war, never did any of that stuff, but I did all the training. And so part of that training was I'd have to go and work in hospitals. And so I was there, 17 years old, working in emergency department, seeing how real life is. And something interesting happened there, guys. And I didn't quite understand what was happening at the time, but it was exactly where I needed to be. It was, as I'm sure you guys can imagine, it was, you know, life events happen and they're always exactly what what we need to crack us open. I believe that's that's a belief I have. So I was there, and I didn't quite understand at seventeen years old, but I was seeing all the end results of the decisions people have made out in the world. So Mm -hmm. all of the you know health decisions they'd made, all of the the decisions they'd made on their motorbikes if they push it too far, like all the things that happened. And you know, people would come in through those doors of the emergency department, and you'd just be having this very intense interaction with people, and you'd you'd have to you know support them, and often. Would be there fighting for their heartbeat, fighting for their heart, you know, just to, to get that life back in them. And so I was, I was experiencing all this. I was like, man, like, I, I heard a lot of different dynamics and I saw a lot of different situations where, you know, some cases there was young people who had attempted suicide and, uh, you know, older people who, some of them, like, it was like their bodies were falling apart, but they were in love with life still. And I saw others who seemed pretty good but they were miserable. And so I saw these different dynamics. My mom was like, hang on, this none of this really makes sense. So I, I kind of went on this journey of trying to understand humans a little bit more. And I guess I'd always been a fairly um, nurturing kind of guy, hence why I joined the military as a medic. It's kind of, kind of an oxymoron, isn't it? You join the military, but you join as a medic to make myself feel better about joining the military. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I kind of wanted to do something to help people. And I saw what was available to people and I realized there wasn't enough. And I realized like I could have gone and become a nurse. I worked in operating theater. I could have maybe become a doctor if I applied myself fully. But I didn't want to be there at the end result, at the, you know, the end of people's choices and decisions. I wanted to intervene earlier. And I was, and that could kind have of led me down this path. I was seeing all these dynamics and I was like, shit, people like with what we have in place in society right now for people's mental health, it is not making the world better place. Like people are actually getting worse. There are actually more suicides. There are actually more antidepressants being taken. There are actually more anxiety medications. And I thought there's got to be a better way. So, I, I've I've been on this path, guys, trying to find a better way. That's essentially it.
0: It's amazing, man. Like I've, yeah. I've got to tell you, Nash. Like there's just a sincerity to your being, which is really, really rare. And I look at you and like. I see you as someone that's experienced and seen the pain firsthand, which now you've brought to life, but it's some mm. it's something that's softened you, not hardened you. It's, 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 it's softened you in a really incredible way. I feel. Mm.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for saying that brother. And um, I think there's a great quote from Robin Sharma. He says the things that have the potential to break our heart also have the potential to open our heart. And I think it's just all perspective and, uh, I, I certainly went, I'll, I'll be honest with you guys, I went down a pretty dark path because I didn't know how to handle all that stress and all the kind of, mm. like all those dynamics from from the medical field. And I, I was seeing all this stuff moving dead body. So I, I went down the path of drinking a lot, overeating, neglecting practices that would actually put me in a great state um, you know, becoming very addicted to certain substances. I had an addiction to pornography. I was in a pretty dark place as a young guy. And I went and became a carpenter and started a construction business just to try and fill a void. Yeah. And I never actually stopped and asked myself, what did I want to do? Like I was seeing all this suffering and these dynamics and I, I started suffering because I was like, I see that, but I didn't believe in myself as someone who could go and be part of the solution. Mm-hmm. So then, because I didn't have that self belief, you know, I I went down a path of just betraying myself, yeah. and that got pretty heavy and pretty dark as well. So, I've certainly, yeah, I I, I appreciate you saying that, Joel, and um, yeah, I'm glad. Obviously, you see in others what you're seeing yourself. So, thank you for that observation.
2: Yeah, and I think also, I mean, part of that even going down a darker, quote unquote, darker path that serves to open you up even more when you redeem yourself let's say when you come out on the other side as opposed to not having that experience at all because i have found in my experience the people that i think are the most present the most connected the most wise are the people that have been down in the dumps and have learned so much from that and have redeemed themselves through personal development, through healing and et cetera. And then they, they live to tell a story. They live to share their wisdom
1: and it's pretty beautiful to see. Yeah. Yeah. Bella, I love that point. And I guess, yeah, to that point, what I learned about myself was I was no different. I was no more immune to sliding down a path of destruction or into patterns of destruction than anyone else I saw in the hospital. So that's what I learned about myself when I when I went down that path after working in hospitals I was like because I actually got to a point where I was considering taking my own life because I was miserable I was really in a dark place and so I developed massive compassion for people and I realized this could happen to anyone like no one is immune from from like having i guess negative thoughts overtake overrun their mind a low self image all this stuff like if we're not feeding ourselves in the right way, if you're not planting the right seeds, you're just not going to grow that harvest, right? Yeah. And the
2: reality is, I mean, our life ultimately is a, is an amalgamation of all the choices that we've made up to the point of yeah. where we are now. And so we can make one single choice that can com- completely shift our trajectory and have us end end up in an emergency room, you know? So it's yeah. it's interesting to think about that. That's why like yes. we are we are one choice, one decision away from potentially being in a situation um like
1: that. Uh, uh, yeah, a thousand percent, brother. And I guess to the other side of that, we're one decision away from taking our life in a new direction as well. Exactly. So, that, that's what's know, so
2: that's what's so amazing. It's like we're always faced yeah. how many times in a single day with a crossroad? You know, like a fork in the road very often is like, am I going to choose this path or am I going to choose this other path? Am I going to get up and exercise? And trust me, I, I deal with this on a regular basis. I have challenges around being consistent with the physical practice like I did when I was younger. I was a little bit more so. But it's like we have these moments. Do I sh- stuff my face with this food or do I not stuff my face? Do I react this way to my partner? Do I not react this way? Do I react this way to my child or do I not react this way? do I say this Do I say that? Uh, And I think this is what we're all in the business of of creating more self awareness in ourselves and in the people we work with. So we can move closer towards being the person we want to be and living the life that we want and that we dream of.
1: Yes. Yeah. I I, I totally agree. Um, Yeah. So much to what you just said then, brother. And it's right. Like man, each day is packed with those opportunities. Like you said, it's, it's full of opportunity to say, okay, I, I, yesterday I stood on this line on the sand and today I choose to stand on this line. Like it's, it is all choice, and obviously, I think the game is putting ourselves in optimal states so we can make better decisions. Like you're saying, like what what makes you come alive? Go do that, so you can make better decisions. So you set yourself up to yeah. make the best decisions at those crossroads. And uh,
0: the reality is, is that we have more choices today than ever before in history. We have more options now yeah. than yes. any other any other precipice, um, and. Yes. I think this is why our focus, and I th- I know it's your focus as well in your work, really is this entire concept of self-esteem. Because without self-esteem, yeah. you're never going to make the compounding proper choices to put yourself in that optimal position. You're constantly yeah. going, to, going to be subduing yourself. You're going to allow your boundaries to be crossed to a point where you're going to build resentment. You're going to be afraid to climb that mountain or to take that leap or to start that business or to make that post or to write that song. Um. Yeah. So it's 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 absolutely imperative, and to me, it always comes back down to one the kind of question, which is: Do you value your life? And uh, mm-hmm. if you value your life,
1: how does someone who value their who values their life act? What choices do they make? Yes. Yeah. I, I love that point, my brother. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I like I said before, working in emergency department, you are literally fighting for people's heartbeats, Sometimes complete strangers, and so. Very often, I ask my clients. I'm like, "Are you fighting for your life?" Because if you killed over right now, or in, you're in some kind of public place, you kill over, and you know, if you're fortunate enough for to, to people to see you when you get called, and like, if someone calls an ambulance, you go to an emergency room. People will legitimately fight for your life. Yeah, and that's kind of just a caring thing that we have in society. Hopefully, into the future as well. Like, if we don't have that, I, I wonder what kind of world we'd live in where you know humans aren't fighting for each other's lives. But um, you know, people will do that. That's just that's just something that happens, and we, we're willing to do that for other people. If you're a caring human, if you're half decent, and so often we don't turn that back on ourselves. We don't actually fight for the for the life we have. You know, we don't fight for the ultimate experience of life. You know, we're settling for something so far be- below what we're capable of. Why do you yeah. think that is? Mm. Yeah. Well, I think your point, brother, like self esteem. Mm. Like you said, that that self image. People just don't think that they're worth it. And it's certainly not something they were born with. I don't believe. I don't believe people like most babies aren't there. Like I'm not worth you changing my nappy. I'm going to be connected to. So it's just these, I guess, dynamics through in in, in family relationships and and, and society where there's this whole, as I'm sure you guys, you know, talk about and, uh, you know, you've probably even spoken to me on the podcast about I can't remember now, but there's really this culture of not feeling good enough that we live in today you know you unless you have this and you have this level of wealth and you have this like external thing you're just not quite good enough yet
0: yeah yeah you know
1: yeah for sure and even what Joel was saying before there's so many choices
2: but there's more distractions than ever before that we're navigating and so to 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 live a life of self-esteem to to, to be your best self. I mean, you, you really have to be heroic, you know, in the face of all this stuff we're being programmed. And part of this programming relates to what you were saying about low, low self-esteem or low self-worth is because through many different avenues, we're programmed to believe that our worth is, is gained by what we do for others, as opposed to just for the fact that you're a human being and you exist. And so I think that brings people down these rabbit holes of self sacrifice that, in the long term, don't they just don't serve the individual in their path towards uh, being fulfilled and satisfied. It doesn't, of course, it doesn't mean like you're not of service, but it's just something that I think is a is a program that's really deep and really old that uh, impacts people's decision making, which then impacts their life. Thousand
1: percent yeah, and that's just it's so ingrained, yeah, as, as you said in society. and um, I, I love the the thing that you brought up, guys as well, of, you know having, having so many choices, and it's it's an opportunity and it's also a trap for people. So I guess learning how to do the things and and doing the things that put you in that that, I guess empowered state we could call it each day so you can be, you can have high levels of discretion as you you know. Yeah, as you mm-hmm. go through your day and make make better choices. Um, but yeah, these these are these are really great points. in In your experience as a coach
0: and in the personal development world, um, why are people so resistant to to growth, to change, to doing the thing consistently? And in your experience, like, what's the catalyst to really overcoming that resistance? Say, for to take for example, even just on a physical level. Right, getting, getting, getting your yeah. health, your body in proper order, um, training every day so you feel good,
1: whatever it might be. Yeah, my understanding is that it's it's that people love what's familiar, they hate un, hate what's unfamiliar. You know, even if what's familiar is is, is putting them in an early grave, it's yeah. it's that whole it's it's the safety blanket, you know we I believe, we're creatures of habit, and even if that habit hasn't served us, it's just it's familiar. Yeah, and that that to me seems to be as as simple as it is. And they 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 love what's familiar, they hate what's unfamiliar, they resist it. It's a lot of energy to change, and I guess they've just created so much reference around what they've been doing. They made they've made it so okay for them to live a particular way. And it's just it requires a lot of a lot of shifting, you yeah. know, mentally, emotionally, and and in, in their day-to-day life. It's a, it requires a lot of energy. And so people don't want to just, you know, exert themselves too much. Um, even though they might say they do. You know, they want they say they want to make the change, but they're truly not committed. As John Astraf says, they're interested, not committed.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think also too the the result of an individual rising up and making changes very often means that they're going to have to leave people behind or um, receive judgment from their community, their family, their social group, you know, just like the crabs yeah. in the bucket analogy that I know we've talked about many times is that once you start making shifts and changes, you have to face the beast, you know, the masses and by the masses, I mean, even just the masses within your own small small group or community or family, you know, of, of the mass mind of like, no, 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 you're not allowed to rise up. Uh, you have to do things how it's always been done. How dare you challenge the status quo of, of, of this friend group? How dare you challenge the status quo of this family? Um, and for many people, it takes a certain level of psycho emotional fortitude and self-esteem to go, cool. You want, I understand that's how you view the world, but F that, I'm going to live my less my best life, and I want to improve my lot in the world. And I want to feel good and feel fulfilled and feel satisfied and feel successful.
1: Yes. Uh, man, such a great point. And I think that within what you said, there is like this that just brought something to my mind as well. That for people to truly make change, a meaningful change, not like the interesting thing is if it was a change for someone else, or if it's a change because you know, some government or some you know, the boss told them to make it, they would go and do it. But when it's change for themselves, when it's authentic change, I guess we could call it, that's when the that's when the shit comes up. You know, when it's it's change that's actually something that would be the best thing for them, that's when all the stuff comes up. And so that's, I guess, one metric I look out for. If the shit's coming up, it's probably a good change for them to make. It's probably actually the very thing they need to do, if if that makes sense. Like it's like, when's the thing that's best for them? because now now they're not doing what society wants now for the first time perhaps in their life they're doing what's authentic to them yeah there's
0: always an equivalent of pain to the growth that is that it, that yes. that's that's looming um you know and also i guess the other side of that is simply put maybe inherently people are scared of their potential
1: maybe they're scared of what they could be yeah Hey, just out of curiosity for you guys, is that what you've seen with your clients? Have you seen that people fear more um, you know, achieving what they want or not achieving? I'm just curious.
2: Mm. I don't know. I, I think,
1: think they
0: maybe... fear, I think they fear I think they fear not achieving it more. Um but I think it's I think it's the fear of achieving it, which operates more on an unconscious level. From, from what I've seen um the biggest thing I, I, I as you mentioned is just all the pain that comes about from making uncomfortable decisions right and all the fear that 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 comes about as a result of because the first thing that most people need to do is really create space for something new right but if you're continually to engaging in the in the self-sabotage or the shitty job or the toxic relationships, then you're never going to make space for something new to enter the arena, for some, for for something to actually shift. Um, I don't know if you have any more thoughts on that, Erasmus.
2: Well, I just think what you said makes sense because very often, and I've found this throughout my years of, of working personal development, even before Joel Joel and I connected, is that when a person does take that risk and leave a job, leave a career, move to another area, leave the relationship especially... Yes, there can be pain at some point, but they've created that space for something new to come in. And how many times has has someone that has made the decision, the hard decision, go, oh, my God, it led me to this thing. And then I went on this trip and then I met this person and then this opportunity came forth. Yeah, maybe not overnight, but it happens and yeah. it's happened in my life. So, you know, but if you're just stuck in that certain frequency and that certain way of being with the same thinking and the same behavior, then it's, it's, it can be challenging and tough and your nervous system kind of gets accustomed to this, you know, and for most of these people, the change is so scary that they are just, they're, they're just in these addictive patterns of doing the things over and over again, or doing the things that are going to keep them or soothe them from feeling the discomfort of making the choice, making the decision, of doing the thing. And so it's this vicious cycle of of self-medication and self-soothing that in the grand scheme of things, um, you know, a person will live two, three decades and go, oh, man, like it went by like that, but they're doing the same patterns over and over again. When sometimes you just got to rip the fucking bandaid off. A
1: thousand percent. Brother, you know? I, I love that. I, I love that so much. And I, I'm a huge advocate. With my clients of of encouraging them to prepare themselves for greater levels of success, prepare themselves for opportunities. Like I often ask them, like if if you got everything you wanted right now, like say that ultimate partner who you fantasize about actually walked in the room right now into your house, even would you be ready for them? Yeah, and they're like, oh shit, I, I no way. Like my house is a mess. No way. I I, I would I'd would be terrified. Of them. It's like get your shit in order now, guys. You know, like prepare for the success you want now.
2: Yeah. And you hit the nail on the head there too, because people sit there and they dream and they fantasize about this ideal job or ideal person. And it's like, well, are you the person that this ideal job would want or this ideal person would want? Like you talk, Oh, if only I had this, but, but are they going to, are they going to value you based on who you are right now and the choices you make and the decisions you make and how you choose to live your life and your lifestyle and your belief system and your value system?
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I I couldn't agree more, and and that's just I think that if people take nothing else away from this conversation, like just like ask yourself that question. You know, you I think that there's huge benefit to just saying what's the mountaintop I'm aiming for. And sometimes when people like I, I work with people, and they're they're like I don't know what I want out of my life. And sometimes, as I'm sure you guys do, it's if you don't know what you if if you don't know what you want, ask yourself what you don't want. Mm-hmm. You know that that gives you indication straight away. So, I look at that and then like, say, this is based on where I am right now, this is the best possible mountaintop I could aim for. Good. And then, once you have that mountaintop, you ask yourself, what's in your bag? Because you've got a bag of shit you've been carrying with you all your life. Do you have the right supplies? If, is there snow up the top of the mountain? Do you need a rope? Like, look, look what you've got in the backpack. You know, I like to use basic metaphors like, what, what do you have? And what doesn't belong in there? There was this great mountain climber, you guys have probably heard the story as well. And uh, he used to snap his toothbrush and he would only take the head of his toothbrush up the mountains with him. And someone once asked him, why do you do that? And he said, there's only, only so much weight you can carry with you to the top. And I've always loved that because it's, it's so true. Like there is only so much weight you can carry with you to the top. The higher you want to go in life, the more mindful you need to be of what you, what's in your backpack. Mm. You know, what, what you're actually carrying with you. You need to be extremely deliberate with what you pack. So I think casting a mountaintop and then you might walk and you're like, oh, shit, actually, this isn't my mountaintop. That one over there looks better. And then go to that one. You know what I'm saying? And so that space you guys are talking about would be that whole thing of you know, assessing what are you carrying because it's got you this far. It might not get you to the mountaintop you want. And then preparing yourself, developing the fitness, the whatever else, the, the mentality, the emotional resilience in order to, to make the climb. Yeah. I love it. Man. I like that. That's a clip. I think that's a clip right there.
0: That's the, you, you know, there's a reel coming on that one, there. <laughs> and you know who makes that? You know who makes
1: that reels? Yeah, I do. I do. He's actually upstairs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, awesome. The anti vision. The anti vision is so powerful. What don't I want? Yeah. Right. And uh, absolutely, man. Like I mentioned before. How I said, you know, there's an equivalent of pain which needs to be processed before we can grow. Like there's an equivalent of baggage which needs to be assessed. Do I still need this for me to get to where I want to go to? And that's every step along the way. You know, there's, there's not an, there's not an ending point on this journey. There's always there's always a next step. Um. Yeah, man. I think. Yeah. It's that. It's that whole. It's the whole need for a savior. Which prevents people from actually saving themselves, you know. Only if someone would just see me as I am. Who, what's what's the kind of person that you're calling in? Who you know could be valuing you just simply as you are. Do you, are you do you want to be valued for your flaws? Do you want to be valued for your weaknesses? I I,
1: I certainly don't personally. Yeah, man, that's, that's a huge point, especially the savior part because. It's it's like you look at the vast majority of children's movies and books, and it's all about that, isn't it? It's about the savior who comes in. But then the the movies and and the kind of the books that people really love that they actually kind of keep going back to are seem to be the ones of the the little person who finds the the the, the spark within themselves to go and do something great. You know, they're they're kind of like you were saying the hero's journey before. Like they're they're the ones that stand the test of time. But so often there are these other mainstream ideas it's like yeah you wait for the for the for the prince or you wait for the for the hero to come or you, you you know you find your savior and you hope the savior comes if you just pray enough if you just do enough stuff if you just pay enough homage the savior might come and bless your life like no no we've got everything in front of us like how much are you going to tap into it though you know mm. i think when we tap into the gold that's right in our life now then maybe the savior that or I don't use that terminology, but maybe that the ground, grand organizing design. I learned that from Dean Martini. God stands for grand organizing design. Like the grand organizing design works with you because it's like, shit, well, this one, this person's being very proactive. So let me support them. That in my experience is more what it's about. You want to, you want to have a savior, be the savior, you know, be the savior of your own life. Yeah. And I can only speak from personal experience when I've made certain
2: decisions based on, you know what, this I'm not feeling this right now. This is not what I want. I want to make a right turn instead of a left turn. I receive support from the grand organizing design, you know, designer. Yeah. Yeah. And uh design. and it's been obvious and so many people have shared the same thing. It's like if you just stay in this stagnant place and this stagnation, like nothing's going to shift. You need to make the change. You need to take action and then you see what happens. Um so yes, yes. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Nash, what are you yeah. most proud of? What are you most proud of?
1: Oh, man. Tomorrow, I celebrate 10 years of marriage with my beautiful wife. And uh, I'm just so grateful. Like,
2: yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. So you're proud of yeah. being married. You're proud of being um, a man uh, worthy of your wife. Like, talk more yes. about that. I'm curious.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, like, angels is a term that some people like to use a lot. I still don't quite have enough knowledge to say if angels are real or not, but if they were, they'd probably be quite close to what my wife is. Mm. Like, that would be it. Um, We've been through a lot. We've grown through a lot. And I would say that she's had every reason to not be with me as far as, like, she's seen the worst fucking parts of me. Like me at my lowest, and yeah, I'm I'm just so grateful that she's just seen the potential in me. Because always I've wanted to be my best for her, but sometimes I didn't know how. And I've always done my my very best to treat her with so much love. We have always had a really great relationship. Um, We've always been best friends, and yeah, I'm I'm just I'm just so grateful that I. I, again, I've made some pretty shitty decisions in my life, mm-hmm. but one I'm I'm proud of myself for getting down on one knee and asking that woman to marry me. Mm. That's where I look at. I'm like, fuck, man, man, you did a good job. Like that was a smart move. <laughs> you know, like even though I didn't, I I, I had so much. I, it's funny. I see a photo of the day I asked my wife to marry me. I, I look like a train wreck. I had like bags under my eyes. I was underslept. I was like renovating a house. I was trying to run a business. Like, I, and she said yes to that guy. Like, holy shit, you know, but I think she could see my heart. Cause I, I genuinely have always wanted to treat her like a queen. Um, or like just like what she's worthy of being treated like. And, uh, so, so that's it. And then apart from that, I would have to add my family um you know my kids and beyond that is just following my heart and being brave enough to go after what i know is the highest calling for my life that's beautiful man yeah great it. question
2: yeah no no it's a great answer too you know like
0: you talk about decisions that's the most important decision right
2: yeah I was, I, I agree. I was going to say, even like in my, my, my men's circle, sometimes we talk about like, you know, who you choose to partner with. That's,
1: yeah,
2: that's huge. We deal. And then if you take it's to the next deal. level and I haven't had this experience, but then that partner that you choose to partner with, yeah, then you choose to have children with that person as well. And then that's a whole yeah. nother yeah. level, which I know you, you men can, can, uh, Talk about,
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and just just on that point, one thing that I know has made Cassie and my relationship so epic because we do we have a great time, like we've got a really awesome relationship. Um, I'm very grateful for that, but we've always been going somewhere together. Like we've always been going somewhere together. Like there's always been a goal, like something we're aiming for, we're moving toward, we're growing toward. Yeah, and so that if you don't have that in your relationship, it's yeah. it's worth. Setting some goals, yeah, and both people have to feel like they're contributing
0: to that goal. You know, it's not like one person just going along for the ride. It's like it's a joint effort. That's it's exactly. a team effort. You know, we both have different skills, um, different gifts. How can we best utilize what we have together to move towards this higher vision, which we, which we both share? Um, and yeah, man, we've had this conversation on the podcast before, but you know, relationships—they are—they're—they're they're, they're, they're teachers. They—they they accelerate one's evolutionary process they force all our shit to come up they force us to either get real or to you know continue continue down the path of mediocrity um when really viewed out through the right lens so yeah i've got to, i've got to i've got to commend you and I, I agree with you man on that one i mean i don't think if it was for my wife that I would be anywhere near the man that i am today i'd be more than happy to continue to delude myself to little passive white lies you know the little things that we allow ourselves to get away with, and we rationalize and justify that we're doing a good job because we do good in some areas, but we are lackluster in others. Um, so yeah, yeah, it
1: seems brother. like
2: we're, we're all very blessed men on that front. So That's
1: I, I like think a- so, yeah. yeah, I think so, yeah. And and you're right, though, it's you, if you want a relationship to work, you can't be hiding, you can't be false. You know, no, right. stuff's to come out. And then when you have kids, like, man, do they have a way of do they have a way of um yeah, their, their ability to reflect what sometimes we don't even realize we're ca- carrying ourselves is phenomenal. Yeah. Like, you know, like that they'll just they'll do things and I, I'm a big believer in just taking ownership in the, the entire experience of life.
0: Yeah.
1: Like so our son was having a little moment this morning and my wife and I, we got together and we're like, okay, where are we doing this exact same thing? Like he was not listening. He was being defiant. It's like, where are we being defiant to what we know is best? You Mm. know, we're like, what do we say? Like, what do we know we could be doing better? But we keep being defiant about it. And we flipped it. And then we actually end up with a point of gratitude for Andrew, our son. We're like, man, thank you for giving us that lesson. Hmm. You know? I know, bro. I know. (laughs) You get it, man. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) You've got chickens, are you, Ross. I do.
2: I, I have chickens and I have a dog.
0: <laughs> I love that that's just dropped my joke.
1: Yeah. Oh, really? Is that your joke? That's it's hilarious.
0: A, I got chickens. It's true. But whenever my wife the handles the chickens more saying, than I do.
1: Yeah.
0: Whenever, yeah. Kids, whenever kids come up, i say, well, your ass has chickens. chickens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's I'll hilarious.
1: Well, I've not seen him with any other animals. I've only seen him with chickens on his Instagram or something.
0: That's true. So, it's true. He's got a dog. He's
1: got a dog. Okay, so- there you go. Whenever, whenever,
0: whenever Rosie's barking, he and Sophie have a conversation. <laughs>
2: <laughs> where are we barking? In life? Where are we barking at each other in life? Where are, we, where are you barking at life?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's so good. So good. All right, Nash. Well, drive us home here, man. Um, what's a, what's a what's a final message that you would leave to any individual listening to this? That you know. Outside the, the domain of you know cliche, motivation, do the thing, what's something really tangible that they can take home um, to move, move towards that higher vision for themselves?
1: Yeah, brother, a thousand percent. Thank you. Uh, for me, it's always a trap people fall into is they wait for the perfect time to get started. Mm. And what I would say is that you are exactly where you need to be to get started on that vision. So if you have the vision. You're exactly where you need to be to get started. There's a lesson you're meant to receive. There's gold where you are right now. Become the sort of person who can tap into the gold. Use wherever you are, whatever it looks like, in whichever form is presenting itself as a springboard to move to where you'd ultimately love to be. Trust the vision on your heart. Trust the goals and the dreams that come to you that might scare you a little bit, excite you a lot. Trust they've come to you because I guarantee what's true to you won't be true to all of us here, you know? It's different for everyone. So trust that and trust that you're exactly where you need to be to step into that. Don't wait. Don't put it off. That would be my encouragement. I love it, man. And Nash, how can people find you, contact you, get in touch? Oh, thank you, legend. So coach Nash Mackey on Instagram, coach underscore Nash underscore Mackey. You'll find me there. I'm fairly active on there. I've got a YouTube. It's just Nash Mackey. And uh, yeah, I, I think that... Instagram and YouTube are kind of the two places I hang out. Cool. Awesome, guys. Thanks for being here, Nash.
0: Thanks for listening to this. Thank you, gentlemen.
2: Yeah, really appreciate you, man. Again, like we said at the beginning, everything you stand for, your sincerity, your presence. Just thanks for making some time for us and, uh, and sharing some of your journey and who you are. Really appreciate it.
1: Thank you, thank you, Legends. And keep doing your amazing work. And I look forward to seeing your growth. Appreciate it, guys. And Nash, thank you for believing in us and seeing our potential and believing
0: in our potential from day one. You were someone that was there early on. um, And just seeing that mirror through you of what your us, and I were doing um, is something that was incredibly impactful for us. So thank you. Guys,
1: you're so welcome. Thank you, Legends. All
0: right, everyone. Take care. Love Nash and so grateful he was able to join us for that short but impactful side chat. Um, You know, many important themes were discussed in the last half an hour, but the one that really stands out to me and comes to mind is this whole concept of heroism. And that's something that we've really tried to embody and carry with us in our own lives. And this is pretty much the crux of what Rise Above the Herd, our eight-week group coaching program is about. It's about reclaiming that inner hero, um, climbing the mountain, um, becoming who you were born to be. And living an exciting life, you know, one that isn't stagnant, one that isn't mediocre, and one that's constantly calling us into higher and greater potential. So on that note, Rise Above the Herd round five will be opening shortly. Um, we sold out four rounds of that last year. And the fifth one is going to be bigger and better than ever. So if you're interested, I really implore you to join the course wait list to be first notified of for when we open those doors. And so you can be. First in to submit an application and jump on a connection call with us. So if you're interested in doing so, you can head to herd.co And we look forward to meeting you and connecting with you. Guys, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Love you all. Take care. Smoke and mirrors, I'm seeing through the illusion. Waking up in the time, they think you're in a delusion. Somebody set the alarms, cause they be too busy snoozing. I'm in a DeLorean. Fast forward in evolution to a place and we can shed our confusions. Yeah, 450 BC and see